you can get rewarded for hard work, patience, and even for making good decisions. Making a good decision when it comes to home and auto insurance starts with Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. You can save with their multi-vehicle discount, home and auto bundle offer, and even collect air miles, reward miles with every policy. They're also happy to reward members of faith-based organizations with preferred rates. Visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. Imagine this scene. Uh, There's a young teenage boy standing by the flagpole of his school, but he's utterly alone. Uh, Hayden thought his friends would join him for a public prayer event, but no one else showed up. Uh, Am I alone? Really? Where is everyone? But instead of walking away defeated, Hayden prayed, asking God to use this embarrassing moment to help him reach others for Christ. Well, today on Focus on the Family, we're going to hear how your son or daughter can become more like a Hayden, a real-life witness for Jesus. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. John, one of the most challenging issues Christian parents contact us about is uh, discipleship of their own children. And many moms and dads don't feel qualified to share their faith effectively. I know for Gene and I, that at times was true. Um, just getting their attention when they're four, five, six years old can be a challenge. And maybe you're afraid of messing up the gospel and leading your child astray. Who knows what the uh, the issues are? Discipleship was never modeled for you growing up. That could be an issue. That was certainly Gene and I. We didn't come from Christian homes. Uh, or you might think the church and Sunday school should be enough to teach your kids that one day a week, right? But it's not. Today we're going to address those concerns and challenge you, frankly, to take on this responsibility because there is no more effective witness to your children than you, mom and dad. And that's why Deuteronomy 6 tells us to diligently teach God's Word to our children when we're at home, when we're walking along, and throughout the day. And the good news is you're not alone in the process. There are many organizations that can help you move that forward. And we counted a privilege to do that uh, through a number of ways. One way is uh, Bring Your Bible to School Day. That's every year in October that uh, we promote, and we anticipate really hundreds of thousands of students from grade school through college age uh, really celebrating and commemorating Bring Your Bible to School Day. That's tomorrow, October 7th. And then, of course, Jim, we have our Live It Challenges for Families, where you can kind of do a deep dive into God's Word and uh, learn to apply principles, kind of walk through day by day with your kids. Learn more about the Live It Challenges at our website. The link is at focusonthefamily.ca. And John, we have some great guests today who will help us explore the topic of child discipleship. Uh, They are the leaders of a well-known church-based ministry called Awana, which provides evangelism discipleship to children between the ages of 2 and 18. That's quite a a broad band. (laughs) Valerie Bell is the CEO, and Matt Markins is the president of Awana. And together, they've written a book called Resilient Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. Great title. Valerie and Matt, welcome to Focus. Thank you. It's It's great to to be be here. Yeah, well, let's get into it. Going back to the opening story we shared that John shared about Hayden, the the boy standing alone at the flagpole, you identify him as a resilient disciple uh, for Christ. Uh, define what you mean by resilient in that context. 
Well, resilient is a quality that allows a person to bend and flex, but not break under culture. And so uh, a less resilient Christian kid would have walked right out of there. I think I would have walked right out of yeah, there when been I was tough. his age. That was embarrassing. How old was he? Uh, 15, I think okay, he yeah, was that's at that tough. time. I mean, pure it's really, pressure? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that picture of this child who is um, a believer, so there's, that's the discipleship part. But because of so many things that are happening, you, you address parents at the beginning. They are feeling this mightily, the secularization of our culture and the pull that it has on our kids. So besides discipleship, we've added this uh, culturally aware word, which is resilient. Um, you point to the story of Dr. Wes Stafford. He's a friend of mine, a former CEO of uh, Compassion International and and what a wonderful person. Um, you know, I've heard him speak many times. He's done chapel here at Focus for the Staff. But just that, that sense of humility. And, uh, and he had very difficult uh, upbringing. Uh, how did his story grab your hearts? Well, uh, Wes is uh, a gift to the church. Uh, he and I were in college together. We go way back. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I've watched this and wished that I could have given him a different childhood. He was broken in his childhood uh, in a missionary home for kids, a school where there was a lot of abuse of all different kinds that went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what has been fascinating to watch is right at the place where he was broken, God grew him strong. And so he's able to minister to children all over the world with an understanding of the difficulties that they face. And so, you know, that redemptive work of God, to, and, I, and I think your story is a little bit like that too, Jim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if all your listeners know this, but I read as a guest on your broadcast about your childhood. That was tough. That was really, really tough. But look how creative God is. Uh, We say God is in the messes. He's most creative at the places where we are not able to help ourselves. And um, so with both you and Wes, you know, God had a plan for you to minister to kids all over the world, basically, out of your pain. And I think in that regard, I mean, that's one of the more difficult questions I'll get after I speak. You know, people come up and they'll ask me, you know, I, I had a childhood like yours, but how did you choose to let those things go? I have not been able to do that. It's a really difficult question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you just have to choose to forgive and, and let go. In fact, you've identified three B's for helping our kids become more resilient in their faith, belong, believe, and become. Uh, share what those B's are and what they mean. Yeah. So the key there is when all three B's are present, belong, believe, become, a child's likelihood of becoming and have an identity that's formed in Christ is much higher. We need, so, let me interrupt quickly before you go on with that, because today I think that's one of the critical crises in the in the culture of young people. W- where do I plant my identity? Yeah. And we're seeing it all over the, the place, right, um, with all of the interest groups that have emerged. But in that context, continue. Sorry, but th- this is critical yeah. for your young person, your child, to know what their identity well, is. And we what, should get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's not drop What that. does every one of our listeners want when we think about our kids and grandkids? We, we lift our eyes to the future, our hopes and our dreams. We want uh, an adult who's thriving in their life and in their faith. Serving God. Absolutely. So these three Bs belong, which is highly relational ministry led by loving, caring adults. That's not only you as the parent or the grandparent or guardian, but that's the commu- large church community of faith. 
the believe that's deeply scriptural ministry rooted in the truth of God's word and the power of the gospel and become that's highly experiential ministry that's getting kids out of a simulation world and getting them into real faith-building experiences. So again, the secret sauce there is when all three are present, their likelihood of being an ident- having an identity of a resilient disciple is much higher. So if I'm a parent, I'm, I'm evaluating, hey, are these happening in the life of my child? You know, something that came out just a while back, uh, an article, I think it was titled Fake Christianity. Mm-hmm. And the premise was just that, that the church has lost its way because it's more about self-improvement and feeling good about yourself than it is about service and our attitude toward the Lord and toward the world around us. Have you had time to process that that crisis that we're seeing Absolutely. in the church? Absolutely. And uh, I think that we're a little bit of culture vultures. Uh, we have a 70-plus year ministry that we began to examine very closely. We knew we could not just drift on into the future. Yeah. And so so, you know, that required us to be aware of uh, not only Awana's culture, but the church culture and the secular culture. So th- this might interest you as well. Let's talk about Christian Smith. Yeah, it's working too. Yeah, this is worth bringing up at this point because I think it really sure. fits in here. Moralistic therapeutic deism. Right. That was part of the article. Yeah. It was? it. Okay. Yeah. So he did this survey of a broad scope. It, so it was some church kids, it was some secular kids. He found they basically all believed the same thing. And it was this moralistic therapeutic deism. There is uh, five tenets. God created the world. He cares about the world. The second is that um, he wants us to be kind to each other and help each other. The third is the main goal of your life is to be happy. The fourth is God will help you if you're in trouble, but otherwise he probably won't mess with you too much. And the fifth is that good people go to heaven. Yeah, what a thin... Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it is. It is. What do you find fascinating about it? Well, I think that the emphasis on being happy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, because if if you make that your objective, your circumstances dictate your emotional response to God. Uh, being an orphan kid, that is not a good place to be. Yeah. So you got to trust in the Lord regardless of your circumstances. You need to love the Lord. Yes. You need to love the path he has you yes. on regardless of your circumstances. That's what the scripture What's teaches. What's missing anyway? Well, so all of that you just described, Valerie, is describing a worldview that's forming an identity around hyper-individualization. Compare that with yeah. the three Bs, which is a philosophy to form the identity of a, of a disciple in Jesus Christ. But, you know, let, let's uh, bring this to some other data that's come out where parents are aware of the troubling statistics where Christian families, a high percentage of young people, are walking away from the faith. And I, I would think that partly this is emerging in order to keep some stickiness for the kids, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is the right thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's an attempt, I believe, to help young people not abandon the faith altogether. So yes. you end up with that so, uh, therapeutic deism. Yes. Uh, you know, and that sounds very uh, Christian in a way, except there's no Jesus, there's no sin, right. there's no need for for God except when you're in trouble. There's not this relationship. It's such a delight to be someone who follows Christ and has this um, enormous uh, spiritual uh, life happening inside. Well, and you, going back to Hayden, and the first example he used with the flagpole, and he was the only kid that showed up, and, you know, he decided to just keep moving forward and pray. You mentioned in your book that what children need is spine and heart. 
which I love. Yeah. Sounds more like a football huddle. <laughs> you know, guys, we need some spine here. We need some heart. Yeah. Describe what well, you're describing. Well, it goes back to that preparation versus protection. Valerie, talk about it. Well, you know, I, I think having just come through an enormous learning experience in our last election where we did not know how to talk to our culture very well, we just attacked them. And we attacked each other as well. Uh, We need to learn how to engage properly. So uh, Spine says, know what you believe, but go across the bridge of heart when you're going to talk to somebody about what you believe in. So I'm still trying to learn this because, you know, I want to, like, go right for the issue. But um, I after the Super Bowl, all the... You know, when Jennifer, two years ago, I believe. Two years yeah. ago, that that just lit up the testosterone on social media with Jennifer. Um, right, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, the halftime show. The halftime show, and so anyway, I'm thinking, man, somebody should speak into this because there's lo- they've lost perspective on what that does to women who are watching it and what happens as a result of it. But I didn't know how to mention it. There was a woman who wrote in, and I want to just read what she wrote because. This woman is so smart, and she's so brave, and walked right into that mess of testosterone. She said this, I totally agree. These ladies are unbelievably talented. See the heart that she's putting out there? She's building this bridge to them. And due to their success, they have a ton of influence. I really enjoy listening to their music and their movies, etc. There is no doubt their performances last night turned up the Super Bowl testosterone. We have to be aware now. Here she's coming with the spine, and she's going to come with more than her opinion all the time of the effects on our society. And then she does the stats. One in five women are survivors of rape. Seventy percent of sexual assault happens to women before the age of 17. A child is abducted every 40 seconds. One in four girls and one in six boys are victims of sexual abuse. One in three women experience domestic violence. When the facts are made aware, you can't help but wonder why we continue to impose this kind of entertainment on people on our society. Mm. She got no pushback. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you worry about tomorrow? Does the future feel uncertain? Is the past too painful to bear? Focus on the Family Canada is here to help, so you never have to walk alone. Every morning, our staff lift up your prayer requests. If your burdens are too much to carry on your own, you can request a free, one-time call with one of our counselors at focusonthefamily.ca today. That's focusonthefamily.ca. We're here to help. Financial Moments with Tom Copeland. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Are you experiencing God's peace in the area of finances? If not, then you're probably not managing money God's way. Of interest, the Bible has 500 verses on prayer, 500 verses on faith, and 2,350 scriptures that apply to money. However, only 3% of the scriptures relate to giving, while 97% relate it to other financial topics, which most people have limited knowledge of, and as a result, they unknowingly violate biblical financial principles and later suffer the consequences. We have a solution. Commencing September 2021, my experienced leaders will lead several small groups based on my book, Financial Management God's Way. This in-depth biblical financial study has helped thousands of people in managing money much better. There are 12 sessions of about two hours each, and the meetings will take place online with the Zoom software. 
To learn more and to register, go to copelandfinancialministries.org. Again, copelandfinancialministries.org. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Matt, I want to go back to the three Bs, and you did a good job defining them, but they're really the the kernel of the takeaway, and yeah. you know, hopefully people are going to want to get a copy of the book to dig deeper. We can't cover it all, but it got our attention here at Focus. So that idea of belong, the first B, uh, which in some ways is having at least one loving adult in your life. I mean, for me, that was true as a football coach, yep. and mm-hmm. he made all the difference. He called me out as a man. He pressed me to do better, and he took me to church and took me to uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp where I gave my life to the Lord. There was that one person in my life who cared. Yeah. Speak to it. Well, that, that was, I have a similar story. One of my earliest memories is the day that my dad walked out. My dad left the house. I'm sitting in my bedroom floor as a probably a preschool age kid, and I'm looking at my door. The door was left open. My dad's carrying cardboard boxes out. He's oh. carrying coat hangers out. But the hero of the day is my brother, older brother, five years older than me, sitting to my left. And he's reading the uh, he's reading a ch- children's books. He's putting it in front of my face, trying to distract me. You know, yeah. so uh, that well, was, was he just eight. Such a, oh, he was eight. He was about eight years yeah, old. Wow. Yeah, he's sticking these books in front of my face. He's doing anything he can to try to shield me. Right. Well, that's that was a defining moment clearly in our family's history. But fast forward to my childhood, one of my earliest memories, not probably not long from that, is being at a church where a man and a woman in a children's ministry room in the church leading me to Christ. Fast forward a few more years, I'm sitting in children's ministry. We like to laugh about flannel graph, but I, you know, I, <laughs> it in, worked. in the 80s, in the, in the 80s that's that, how I learned the tech. Bible. That's how I learned about the life of, and resurrection of Jesus. And then fast forward to my teenage years, I've got a pastor who's meeting me in the park. He's saying, bring your Bible. We're breaking open the scriptures. He's taking me out for ice cream. We're going to softball games. His wife is writing me notes. And where I thought my name was child support, divorce, and custody, she gave me the name of mercy, encouragement, and leadership. Mm. She she helped me to see these other parts of the world, of my world, and my future. And then there was a deacon and a youth pastor. So what's the story here? The story is, but there was a church. The church stepped in. My, and now my mom and my stepdad did the awesome thing of getting me to church, right? They, they were so faithful. They were generous people, but they gave me access to a broader community. So when we say highly relational ministry. This is what we're talking about. The Harvard Center for the Developing Child uh, talks about this whole idea of resiliency. Uh, Doctors say that trauma is really suffering alone. Hmm. But the Harvard study shows that when one loving, caring adult has active presence in the life of that child, to walk alongside them through that trauma, they have a much higher uh, success rate to thrive in their life into their future. And that might be the answer to that earlier question. How did you choose the right emotional direction? Mm, It might be simply that there were people in my life and your life, obviously, that helped us point in the the right healthy direction. Valerie, you had a, a woman, Grandma Wheaton, (laughs) I want to hear this story. This is my first girlfriend. I'm three years old. She's 80-something, 83, (laughs) 85. BFF, right? Yes, my BFF. And uh, she had either the good fortune or the ill fortune to live next door to me. (laughs) And I adopted her when I was three. My mother had her nerve to have another child. (laughs) And so I found her. And uh, the beauty of that was she was a fabulous storyteller, one of the first women in Illinois to graduate from college. 
Uh, her family were Wheaton. She was Grandma Wheaton, so they were Wheaton College. They established Wheaton College, that kind of thing. She was a woman of deep, deep faith. And she told me her stories, and they were Jesus-centered and what Jesus had done for children all the world. So it was very easy for me to be open to God. Uh, I had this fabulous girlfriend, mentor, a storyteller who yeah. loved me and uh, gave me all of those things. And, and what comes across there is time. She yes. gave you time. Yeah, yes. She was your neighbor. She couldn't avoid me. I mean, she was using a cane, and I was very mobile at three. But, you know, I've thought about this as I've gotten older now. We're empty nesters, and it's too quiet at my house. I think I'd kind of like it if a three-year-old adopted me now. No, it's so true. And I, I think as you're unfolding this, uh, what I'm hearing and what is such a good reminder is we need to be engaged in the world around us. I think, you know, with an international ministry like Focus, there's a lot of moving parts, and it's it's large, it's hopefully influential, but it really comes back to what you, the listeners and viewers on YouTube, what what are you doing locally? How can we help you? How can we equip you? But it, it really is your neighborhood mm -hmm. and yeah. the ability for the church to get active. Yeah. That's the secret. Mm. Yep. I mean, if we just stay in our walls, we're dead spiritually. Yeah. Mm. And you know, it's not hard. This is simple. What we're talking about is so simple. Uh, during COVID, now what do these children need? Yeah. They just need a good storyteller yeah. who can tell them about God. I would Someone. say even a fair storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't limit it. Just if you can speak. Someone who can it. give them a front yeah. row seat to what faith looks like. So true. Let's uh, let's move to believe, which is the second B. Yeah. Uh, you say it's the essential step for creating resilient disciples today. Why why is that? Well, the belief is this is getting us engage in the scripture. I mean, clearly, you know, ministry to children has to include a strong engagement in the Bible. It's God's word. It's God's message. It to is us. The answering the question, what is it we should believe? Yeah, exactly. And it is the scripture. Yeah, it's this yes. whole, it's the idea of epistemology is leading us to knowledge and truth and wisdom, ultimately salvation in Jesus. But what's, the reason we're trying to articulate this so clearly is that many churches have used what we would call a Bible light strategy, which kind of can quickly get you to moralistic, therapeutic uh, deism. Uh, so ideas like reading the scripture aloud together. Some of these ideas yeah. are very basic, but is your children's ministry or at home, are you ever reading the scripture aloud together? As a parent, are you reading it to your children? Are we memorizing a verse together? Maybe it's a verse a month, you know, something simple like that. Teaching our kids, uh, reading a verse together and then say, let me tell you about a time when, boy, this didn't happen in my life. This was painful. And I, so what's happening there? You're, you're taking that relational piece and that scriptural piece, and you're merging it together, mm. and something special is happening there mm. in those moments. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying, uh, Matt. And I'm thinking about the general culture, which doesn't believe the scriptures, and even in much of the Christian community. Uh, that's truth, but it's only part of the truth because there's all this other stuff. Um, so how do we how do we show our kids that... Yeah, we believe this, and we believe it so strongly, but a lot of people you encounter aren't going to believe it the same way. I mean, how do we help them with that? I, I would go back to, to one more thing here. The, again, going back to that, Valerie did a great job of painting this picture of the broader culture that our kids are swimming in. Right. I think we've got to clearly articulate what the gospel is from a highest level. The gospel is a structure of creation, fall, redemption, restoration— 
And by the way, that just resonates with reality. Children naturally, intuitively, they know that someone made all of this. They know that, mm-hmm. right? And then, then they also know something's wrong. You know, they know there's problems in the world. That's the fall. It's our rebellion. And th- this idea that someone has to save us from this, our redeemer, and then eventually one day he's going to make everything whole again. That arc, that structure makes sense. It resonates with reality because it is the truth and it is the message of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So if we can help kids to see this isn't only a collection of stories, a collection of values and virtues. No, no, no. It's much more than that. It is the framework for reality. That's what the Bible really is. Mm-hmm. And in your work with Awanas, I mean, that believe component is really one of the core things you're trying to do, right? Yeah. Teach the kids It's the interesting. Scripture. That is often what we are criticized for, that rote <laughs> memory. Serious? That yeah. rote memory of the Bible, you know. But uh, and Matt and I were saying just before we came Came in here. How many adults have told us, you know, I went through Awana, I didn't know what those verses meant, but they're coming back to me now as an adult when we hear I need this them. All the time. We hear it constantly. Yeah. So the scripture's not like other written things. It's alive. It lives. It breathes. Uh, even well, think th- of that one scripture, you know, his word doesn't come back void. Yeah. That's yeah. what you guys I've are got doing. A, I've got yeah. an example of that, too. I've met a woman who's secular now. She was very proud of that. She grew up in a Lutheran church church where she had to memorize a lot of scripture, but she said, it's the strangest thing. I keep getting those verses back all the time. <laughs> they come to my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the yeah. hound of heaven. She's right, sitting, exactly sitting with right. me now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Let's, uh, let's end with become. So uh, that's in essence helping others in your world become disciples, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, describe that for how that works in a child's life. I think it's a primary identity. Uh, It's that Hayden at the flagpole. He has primary identity, not with his friends, not with other things that are happening around him. His primary identity was in Christ, his primary allegiance. What, uh, What would you die for? What would you go to great lengths to protect? What is precious? What would you share with other people? Because it has so formed who you are. So that is that formative place where we begin to see the Bible and that belonging begin to open up uh, the identity of this child yeah. in the world. That is really well said. And, you know, something you said earlier that is ricocheting around in my head is this idea of spine and heart. I think on the parenting end, we have to remember that as well, as we are trying to pray for our kids, point our kids toward a relationship in Christ and a life devoted to him. I think we need to be careful that it's not all spine Mm -hmm. and no heart, Mm -hmm. even in our parenting. And I see Mm -hmm. that even with my boys. We've got to be principled with the spine, but also loving and caring. And uh, remember that as a parenting attribute Mm -hmm. so that kids don't have the justification of walking away because you're all about the rules Mm. and they see that as hypocritical. Boy, this has been so good, Valerie and Matt. We we have flown through this interview and, uh, man, I just appreciate so much uh, your writing of this book, Resilient uh, Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. It is hopeful. It is. And uh, we don't need to be fearing. The Lord says, fear not. That includes the future mm-hmm. and the future for your children. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly concern creeps in <laughs> when they can't find a job. There are moments, yes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something we need to do as parents. So thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. It's great Our to be with pleasure. You. So let me turn to the listener, the viewer, 
Um, if you uh, want that kind of child, a resilient child who can stand at the flagpole by themselves, uh, contact us here at Focus on the Family Canada to get your copy of the book Resilient, and they'll walk you through how to do that. Also, they're there to help you in any way. And remember, all the proceeds uh, from that go right back to helping families across Canada to thrive in Christ. Consider donating today uh, when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And remember that tomorrow is uh, Bring Your Bible to School Day. We're encouraging students uh, across the land to take their Bibles um, as an act of faith in the Scripture and uh, to live out their discipleship. Uh, We have a lot of great resources for you about that online, and we also have the Live It Challenge, of course, which is a more ongoing effort for you with your kids to dive into God's Word. All the details at the website. And uh, speaking of tomorrow, Gary Thomas joins us here on this broadcast with a challenge for both husbands and wives. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, and we'll invite you back next time for more from Focus on the Family as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.